0: Here we are with another episode of The High Ground, powered by Premier Companies. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Ryan. How are we doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. We have all kinds of guests in the house yeah, today. Yeah, we do. So we have Heather Von Dilligan and Katie Martin. So we'll get into appropriate introductions momentarily and what you guys are here to talk to us about. But uh, we're going to start the episode with our question of the day. So this will be fun. I'm anxious to hear this out of both of you. <laughs> so your question of the day is, if you had to sing karaoke right now, what song would you pick? I was and born- then sings four bars of it. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding.
1: I can't carry a tune on a bucket, but I would sing uh, John Mellencamp. I was born in a small town. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. A little All throwback. Little throwback, and you know I've kind of lived right here, Places Seymour, across Indiana. the country, but yeah, it, when I moved away, people asked where I was from, and I said. Well, Seymour, John Mellencamp, small town. So it's kind of been what I've referenced over the years. So, like so now it's Seymour.
0: Yeah. Now it's, it's Seymour. Idea. <laughs> now <laughs> Home it's Seymour. of Heather Bell <laughs> Milligan and John Mellencamp. And John Mellencamp. <laughs> <laughs> sure.
2: sure.
0: And sure. premiere, right. right? And premiere, Premier <laughs> Absolutely. Katie.
2: Mm, so I thought I would give a good laugh to my brother. When he was in high school... He played baseball, and you know, the boys all have walkout songs. Sure, all of his friends had rap songs and whatever was popular at that time. And he did Salt and Pepper Push It, and so that's what I'm gonna pick. Okay, after hearing that all those times, I could sing it.
3: I don't know that all of our audience, (laughs) I think some of our older farmers that are listening.
0: They may not know what that is. They'll Google it. Okay. <laughs> sure. They'll have it on their Apple tune it's just shortly, I'm guessing.
2: It's got a great beat. Oh,
0: my. Okay. Well, that was real good, Katie. And you've dated yourself a little bit. So,
2: yeah. hey, I have not. I am not old.
0: I know. You two aren't 80s. <laughs> so, right. so, I'm anxious to hear yours.
3: Well, I'd do a really good Willie Nelson, and I would do Blue Skies by Willie Nelson.
0: Really? Or Georgia. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. I was...
2: There you did get it. Wow, we did get it.
0: Wow, not requested. Wow. It's I hope we a, can cut spot that. Spot on. So, right. You danced last one, sang this one. Yeah, right. you are full of talent. Multi talented. So I went with the Willie Nelson too, but I did went you really? with uh, Willie Nelson and uh, Ray Charles, uh, Seven Spanish Angels, and I'd plan on singing both parts. So. <laughs> nice. I could have done Willie Nelson Let's hear your Willie I'm not.
3: You're not, not gonna I, do it. Nope. Mm-mm. All right, turn the mics off. Now you can do it. No, no, we're not, not recording. Oh <laughs> no, yeah.
0: Perfect. Yeah, I trust you. All right. Well that was fun. That was that was a good that was a better one than we've had. So all right, Heather, your story <laughs> and what led you to be a four H educator. And if you've not sure. seen some of our podcasts here lately, I've just sort of been throwing it to the guests and said just 4-H. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Tell us. What
1: do you do? <laughs> Sounds good. I guess my path that led me to 4-H was um, education always has been a big part of my life, and I always thought since I was in second grade, I wanted to be a teacher. And so, um, grew up here, went to Emanuel, graduated from Seymour High School, and went on to get my um, elementary edu- education degree, and I taught um, second grade, actually, in San Francisco, California for almost eight years. Oh, my years. Yeah. Did you not know that? No,
3: for eight years? Yeah. Wow.
1: Grant brought me back, so <laughs> there you go. Um, so we, um, yeah, I went to college in Michigan and thought I'll just go anywhere, and I didn't realize San Francisco was going to be the anywhere I was going to go, and um, was teaching out there, absolutely loved it, I love education, um, but about year five, I got the itch to kind of make a bigger impact, I felt like I could use my skills in a, in a different way um, than being a classroom teacher, so I went back, got my master's degree in educational um, leadership and administration. Thinking maybe I wanted to be a principal one day, um, so finished up my master's degree, and it's um, kind of when I reconnected with Grant. He works here at Premier Companies, and was looking to move back to the area. About that time, there weren't really any principal openings, and the former 4-H educator said, "Heather, I think you need to apply for that 4-H educator job. I think that would fit right in perfectly with your um, background in education." And so um, that's what I did. I came home for the fair that year because I think in since you know my. 36, 37, I, no, I'm 38, I guess. Huh. Can you cut that out? <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
3: her, her husband just poked his head in it. We could have asked him and see what he did. I know, have you, could have, you could
1: have asked him. Um, anyways, I think I've missed the Jackson County Fair one time. Even when I lived in California, I always made it a priority come, to come home for the fair. Um, I was home that year and um, visited the fair. I didn't even know there wasn't a 4-H educator at the time, and the position was vacant and was told about a week afterwards, went back to California, and that's what I did. I applied and... Um, moved back that year, um, in December and started in um, January of 2016 in the 4-H educator role. Um, I've just always believed in education and giving youth opportunities, um, What I really like about the 4-H program is youth get to explore their passions, so somebody's not telling them, like, you have to learn about swine, or you have to learn about sewing. Really, the kids get to choose that, um, and they really get to follow their passions. So I've always had an interest in education. Um, I never thought I'd leave the classroom. I was a Lutheran school teacher. I thought I would do that my entire life or be a principal, but um, I've really found a home within Purdue Extension, and I, I really enjoy giving youth those opportunities outside of the formal education setting.
3: Great. So yeah. Purdue Extension, explain yeah. um, explain the relationship uh, to agric- to agriculture of the Purdue Extension Service.
1: Yeah, um, great question. So um, the Purdue Extension Service is actually part of a larger organization called the Cooperative Extension Service, and so this actually dates all the way back to the 1800s with Abraham Lincoln, um, and there was an act of Congress that said, you know, we will always, um, you know, there'll always be funding for agriculture and engineering education um, throughout the United States, and that's um, kind of what started the land grant university system um, some federal lands were um, sold to have funds to be able to start those um, universities and so in purdue or in indiana purdue is our land grant institution and so our goal through the cooperative extension service is to bring the research happening at the university level and translate for that for look to local residents um, not everybody can go to purdue or another land grant institution to receive a four-year degree so that's our goal is to bring that education to local residents um, and that's how the 4-H program was born too. In um, the in the 1900s, early 1900s, farmers at the time were a little hesitant on the new research coming out of the universities. So they thought, well, we'll start some corn clubs and tomato clubs and teach the kids about the new research coming out of the universities. And that's how the, really the 4-H program was born.
0: Interesting.
3: In, in 4-H, yeah. uh, for our listeners, it may be in San Francisco or somewhere where they where they don't have. A 4-H program. Tell us uh, in, to a five-year-old, how would you explain not necessarily a five-year-old like we had our question today, but yeah. to someone that's not familiar with 4-H program, um, what is it and how has it evolved?
1: Yeah, definitely. Great question. So um, 4-H is actually the largest youth development organization in the United States. And so we um, there's really, it, it looks different in every single state as well. I was on a call yesterday actually with somebody from Colorado and um, her 4 H program, and just talking about the ways you know it was similar and different to ours. But it, it truly is a youth development program where youth have the opportunity to um, really lean into their passions and something that they're interested in and kind of hone in on those skills. So our program is really driven by the essential elements of positive youth development. And one of those is mastery. So, you know, a a kid might start out in third grade, um, learning a skill by the time he's he or she has graduated and has gone through, you know, four H for potentially all 10 years, they've really mastered those skills that can, could then turn into a potential, um, Career option. Um, so really, I know a lot of people think when you hear 4-H, it's it's cows and cooking. But um, really, um, what I believe the projects in 4-H, the project's actually the kid, not the project that they're taking, because we're trying to develop those life skills. It's really a life skill building program.
0: That was well yeah. put. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: thanks. That's that's what we try to do. We try to um, you know get youth to explore their passions that could potentially turn into a, a career path or even just maybe a hobby when they grow up.
0: Okay. Well, Katie. Premier Egg does a little supporting of 4-H. We why do. You, why don't you talk about that just a little bit?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. So um, actually, we'll we'll just talk about this year. So yeah, um, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. So Premier has made um, a decision to invest a hundred thousand dollars into local 4-H in Southern Indiana in the counties in which we serve um, our trade area. And Heather, actually, I've worked with her and the Indiana um, 4-H Foundation to work with educators, I guess, to, to put us in, in touch with educators. So it kind of bridged that gap of between Premier and the educator in each county. How can we work with your county? How can we work with them best? And how can we impact the most children um, in 4-H in your county?
1: Yeah, and that gift has truly been transformational um, for Southern Indiana. Um, Jackson County's been a recipient of those funds for the past couple of years, and just the improvements we've been able to make and the educational resources we've been able to bring to our kids have impacted now over several thousands of kids. I'm anxious, really, for the reports that are going to come in this year, um, because people are excited about this. I've had a few people reach out to me even the last couple of weeks and said, "Are there is the premier gift ready yet? Are we ready to apply for those gift funds to be able to make an impact? So educators are really thinking about ways they can you know, train Transform their program because of the gift. And I know, you know, Premier Ag, you're looking to raise up that next generation of agribusiness leaders. So we just, we truly appreciate this gift. It's been a pleasure to work with Katie um, the past couple of years on this. Sure. So, how do
0: they get it?
2: So, there is an application process. So, um, that starts um, in September. Um, we're almost ready to roll that out right now. We're you know end of August, very end of August. So um, we'll roll that out, and the extension educators in each county will have an opportunity to fill out our application. Um, you know that that asks what they are, what they're planning to do. What what are your your dreams? What goals do you have, and and programs that you want to implement? Um, I think you know. just as an example, Heather, maybe talk about what you had done last year, sure, and what all that that grant impact. Yeah. There.
1: Last year we were actually able to purchase, um, four H club kits for all of my club leaders. So I hosted a club leader retreat last year where every single club leader got a really nice, um, kit with the new flags, um, a new, a new gavel set. The kids think it's awesome to, you mm-hmm. know, bang the gavel when they're the president. Um, yeah. so premier companies, um, invested in that also got new wheelbarrows for every single, um, barn at the fairground so that was an exciting change our poultry program is really growing now poultry and rabbits seem to be the programs that are growing the most um small animals you can have those you know maybe in town if you don't own on a farm and have a lot of land Um, and so we were able to buy um, new poultry cages last year as well Um, so this year i I already have a a committee that's reached out to me and said i have an idea for the um the premier gift this year can we talk and so um i think that the um the gift is really kind of been advertised and has been shared and our volunteers now are thinking about ways that they can maybe tap into some of those resources to give the kids in their club, some educational opportunities. Um, so that's been some of the things that, you know, we've done in Jackson County, um, to promote that education. Um, I know Monroe County, for example, they have an awesome drone program and that is through the gift from, from premier companies just a couple weeks ago. I saw, you know, fields being sprayed by drones who would have thought we would, yeah, we would see that day. Sure. And so, um, just the fact that premier is making that investment, um, to raise up these future leaders is, is awesome. I know lots of counties have, yeah, they've been able to take kids on trips and, you know, opportunities yeah. they might not have otherwise had, had we not had this gift?
3: And this is different than what we've uh, historically done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie, I think it was two years ago. We, we changed how we did this. We, we changed how we supported 4-H and traditionally we would go to the auctions and we would buy a, an animal at the auction. And that was fairly traditional support, but this has been a Huge sw- shift in how we try to support more kids. And whenever you said you bought all new wheelbarrows uh, for the barns, that's not something that's normally purchased, right? I mean, that's not, when you think about your supporting for age, but there's a whole lot of things, whether where it's cages or drones or uh, technology or or uh, just those, uh, the, the packs or the starter kits, you know, for the meetings, those things don't generally have funds to buy them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so when we shift, we made this shift, the idea was that we would support more kids in different areas and increase our support for 4-H.
1: Exactly. Like I can't wait to kind of sit down and think about the numbers of just the kids that have been impacted. It just in Jackson County alone, it's going to be over hundreds of kids because, you know, the skills they're learning when they're working in the barns with their animals and, you know, just the premier paid, you know, played a role in that. Um, those, those, that, those lessons are invaluable.
3: So very good. Okay, very good. What do you think uh, the future of 4-H will be, Heather?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really open-ended. Um, 4-H has always been kind of on the cutting edge. Um, um, lately, you know, we've been getting more into robotics and um, STEM. Um, it, you know, we're, we're still staying true to our roots, you know, with, with agriculture, but there are so many different career um, paths within, within agriculture. Um, technology is um, huge right now with the with the drones and custom applications and um you know, auto steer and tractors. Um one of actually my husband's favorite stories to tell is that when he went to 4 H at Roundup at Purdue, he saw research happening on um the tractors that eventually that there was gonna be GPS and tractors. That wasn't that long ago, wow. you know. He was in eighth grade. That wasn't and, that long ago. And yeah, and so that's one of his favorite stories to tell. Um and now, you know, that's how we run all of our tractors on our farm. We have, we have GPS and auto steer and and all of our tractors We utilize that technology. Um, so I think 4-H is going to continue to be on the cutting edge, um, and continuing to give youth those educational opportunities where they can see what's kind of coming down the pipeline and get their interest in, you know, seventh or eighth grade. And they might potentially, you know, join a career, um, or, or follow a career path that has, you know, something to do with what they saw maybe when they went to Purdue University um, as a 4-H member. So if you think back to, you know, the early 1900s, that was pretty innovative when we said, well, okay, well, we'll teach the kids, you know, the new research coming out of the university. Um, We've always been on the cutting edge, and I think we're going to continue to be, um, and we're really expanding, you know, programs. 4-H is really for everybody. Um, As I said earlier, the project is the kid, and so you can develop life skills through any type of project, whether that be, um, you know, the tractor driving project. We actually have a, you know, a tractor, tractor club, um, or whether that's sewing a stem. Um, we also have a new program, um, specifically, specifically for our Latino, um, youth in Jackson County called Juntos 4-H. And that's expanding across the state as well. And so it's all about giving, um, youth education and access and opportunity. That's so great. I think really the sky's the limit. I don't, I don't know what it'll look like in the next 50 years because it has transformed so much over the past 100 years.
0: So how do you, how do you get that? How do you get kids interested I mean, how do you get the message to them? There might be a child sitting out there saying, I don't have any idea how to get involved in that. I don't have animals. I don't live in a I don't live on a farm. So how does that message get delivered to them?
1: Yeah, great question. So actually, well, Victoria Kane, she's our new program assistant, she's helping to organize a um a 4 H open house this year. So we're gonna have that at um Brownstown Elementary School in the fall. Um, and we'll send out flyers to all of the schools once we have everything finalized. And so that's one way that they can get a small taste of what 4 H has to offer. Um Victoria's already been able to recruit some of our committee members, our swine committee is going to be grilling out. Um, We've had the foods committee coming. They've committed. um, We're working kind of on the beginning stages of that open house. So that's one way to get the word out. Um, Another way is social media. Kids are on, you know, Facebook, Instagram. Mm -hmm. So we try to post what we're doing on our social media channels as well. Um, Another intentional thing we do um, as well to recruit new audiences to 4-H our um, 4-H Spark Clubs and Spark Clubs are meant to be a short-term, six-hour experience around a very specific topic, um, where you kind of catch the youth's attention and then tell them, "Well, if you like that experience, here's all the other opportunities you have in 4-H." So, last year, for example, we did a a space Spark Club, and we had 30 kids attend, and 16 of them were new to 4-H, and some of them have continued on in their 4-H career past that short-term experience. They were excited. They got to learn about space for six hours, and then they learned everything else we have to offer. That same year, we also did a local government spark club where they actually got to meet all three of the judges here in Jackson County, which I think shows, you know, the investment our local leaders have in our 4-H program. Um, And we did a local food spark club as well. So we actually, through a program I was in last year, I met a food science specialist at Purdue and she actually zoomed in with the kids that day and did a lesson on microbiology. She sent Petri dishes to my office (laughs) and she was on Zoom and the kids were able to actually connect with, um, you know, this professor at Purdue University. So those spark clubs are one way we try to recruit um, new youth. Um, This year, this summer we we did a nature camp so we were at muscatatuck um, wildlife refuge and that was something all three educators in my office collaborated on Um, and it was a 4-h spark club and we're hoping that some of those kids then continue on in their 4-h experience once they kind of get a small taste of what's what what we have to offer they're really kind of intrigued by everything else once they learn more about the program so we try to do a lot of creative ways things to to reach out to our kids
3: I think yeah. it's neat. To, I mean, where would a kid go to learn how to drive a tractor, right? Right. And uh, that's not something that everybody has. And I had a, a young man in the county, and he had mm-hmm. told me that he never had driven a tractor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, come by the farm.
1: Yeah. And,
3: uh, but that's neat to have a place where they could go just to to learn how to safely operate a tractor. Oh yeah. yeah. It's
1: awesome. And the, the two leaders I have in that club, one's been volunteering with us for over 40 years and the other one is a fairly new volunteer. And he actually has a YouTube channel where he talks about his tractors and how he restores them. Um, so it's really kind of neat to see generations coming together to educate the the youth.
0: So how can others help? We've talked about yeah. premier's, premier's <laughs> contributions and uh-huh. so how can others help? Let's go ahead and yeah, talk about it.
1: Definitely. So, I mean, like I said earlier, and I've said a, a hundred times before we truly appreciate premier support of the 4-H program. Of course, that's one way to um, invest in the program is with those, you know, monetary contributions. We do have a lot of donors that support our program that really make it possible. Um, another way is volunteering. We are always looking for volunteers. So um, one of my biggest roles as the 4-H educator is a volunteer manager. So I manage about 160 volunteers um, who then my biggest job is to train them up to then go out and work with the youth in our community. We typically reach between seven and eight hundred youth a year in Jackson County. And so one person can't do that. Um, and so we rely a lot on our volunteers to carry out the mission and vision of um, Indiana 4-H, and that's to give youth real-life educational opportunities that will impact their their community and their world. So always looking for volunteers. Um, we do have a volunteer application process um, and we do some registry checks and have our volunteers go through some trainings because we are um, you know working with our most most precious resource resource our youth and we want to make sure the adults that we have are Um, Mm -hmm. responsible and caring, and um, have the youth's best best interest in mind. So definitely, volunteering. Um, give me a call if you have an interest. We can find a 4-H opportunity for it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, very good. Rod, anything else? No, I think you covered it. Anything else from you
1: two? I don't. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's um, just been a a. A joy and honor to work with Premier. I was actually telling um, Victoria when we walked in, when Premier first opened this building, they asked that 4-H did a, you know, a display case, an FFA. So I just really, truly appreciate um, Premier's investment in, in the local agriculture community, truly making an impact. And, and it it shows in the community. So we appreciate that.
0: Uh, we appreciate your enthusiasm and all your welcome. efforts uh, with, our, with our local youth. So You're welcome. It's always a good thing to see. So, that's all I've got, Thanks. Sal. Do you want to tell us any stories about your husband? I mean,
1: oh, goodness. Now now's my of, time. He's right? one of our co workers. Right? Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a pretty good guy. Uh, <laughs> so, well, we hopefully, we will give that. us a tour. Yeah, we'll <laughs> cut, cut that out. <laughs> 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 so, well, thank you, guys. All right.
0: That's another episode of High Ground powered by Premier Companies. Thank you, guys.